So um, tonight, I'd like to talk to you about prayer. That'd be a, kind of a unique thing, right? We're in a prayer meeting and we'll talk about prayer. Principles of prayer. And um, if you think of the word principles, what is a principle? A principle is a fundamental truth that serves as a foundation that essentially we build our life upon. Uh, it could be a belief, it could be a value, it could be a behavior. Uh, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, okay, Matthew chapter 5 through 7, Jesus challenges, okay, all the listeners, he challenges us as we go through the Sermon on the Mount, to build our house upon what? A rock. Right, and what does he say? To build your house upon the rock, what do you have to do? You have to do the Word of God. You have to practice it. So he lays out all the principles, okay, in the you know beatitudes, and then all the teaching again in in Matthew five: be salt, be you know, be light, and um, how we should pray. And then again, the, the final challenge is now apply these principles, and you will build your house upon a rock that when the storms come, right, you'll have a very sturdy, firm foundation and not be blown away or washed away. So what I want to talk to you about tonight are principles of prayer. And in the scriptures, there are a number of principles that are given to us of prayer. Now, when I'm going to talk to you about prayer tonight, I'm going to specifically talk about asking God for things, petition, intercession. Because prayer, as you know, is much more than that. Prayer, we were just, really, you were just praying when you were praising God. Praise is, is prayer. Prayer is thanksgiving. Prayer is confession. Uh, prayer is meditation upon the Word of God. Prayer is sometimes just communing with God and just dwelling in His presence. But what I want to talk to you about tonight is, again, asking God for things, petition and intercession. And we're going to talk about, again, the principles that are given to us, that the Lord gives, that we need to be essentially implementing into our asking, into our petitions, and uh, into uh, our intercession. So I want to just mention, this is a book, I read this very early on in my Christian life. It was called The Power of Prayer and the Prayer of Power by R.A. Torrey. That book changed my life. I, I, as I always, you know, read a book, uh, I'll read it, you know, again, open to the Word of God, looking at it through the Word of God. And searching the scriptures, it, it listed basically a number of passages that describe how we should pray. And um, again, studying uh, those passages, meditating on them, memorizing them, really transformed my prayer life. And my prayer life when I'm actually, again, asking God for things. It brought tremendous uh, power into my prayer life. So I'm going to share with you tonight. I'm going to share with you those principles, and um, I'll elaborate on them, and uh, let's take a look at them. So the first is we pray in relationship with Jesus. I think you all know that. You, you need to be in a relationship. You need to have come to know him as your Lord and Savior. John chapter 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. And uh, that's, that's speaking, again, the vine and the branches, being in relationship with God, knowing God, opening up your heart to be known by God, genosco, right? Learn that word. That's a key word, genosco, intimacy with God, to know God. This is eternal life. It's intimate. 
to abide, okay, in Jesus is to remain in Jesus. To abide in Jesus is to continue to live by faith in Jesus, to trust Jesus, to live in humility with Jesus, communing with Jesus, fellowship with Jesus, friendship with Jesus, to be in tune with Jesus, to be walking with him step by step. You're speaking to him, you're hearing from him. You have to be in relationship. When we break relationship with Jesus, we sin, and um, maybe we become distracted, and essentially we're maybe not coming back as quickly as we should in confessing and repenting. We break out of harmony. We come out of harmony with him. So it's, it's essential that, you know, that we are in relationship, that we are in relationship with him. I'm going to use an illustration, the Pharisee and a tax collector. What you see here in the Pharisee of the tax collector, two people, one moving away from relationship with God, and then one who is moving towards a relationship with God. One is prideful, right? The other is humble. One is boasting. The other is confessing. One is standing. The other one is kneeling. One is self-righteous. The other is seeking the very righteousness and forgiveness of God. One, essentially, is falling the Pharisee, and the other, the tax collector, though he's on his knees, is being lifted up. And it's a picture of somebody who is out of relationship with God. And the other, again, who is coming into that rich relationship with God. But prayer, prayer has to occur in relationship with God. If you feel that you are out of relationship with God, that you are out of sync with God, that you are out of tune with God, you need to get in tune with him and get in relationship with him for your prayers to be effective. And that's just a simple, that's a simple fundamental truth. Second, when we pray, we pray in the name of Jesus. We pray in Jesus' name. Okay, what, you know, what does that mean? Jesus said in John 14, 13 through 14, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So, what does it mean to ask in the name of Jesus? So there was a, a, a guy who used to come to our church many years ago. And um, when we would be praying together, he would be praying in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. He, in the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. And I used to, I used to comment and sometimes... Uh, Google to myself, I used to have a Yamaha motorcycle, a 350 Yamaha motorcycle, and when I would rev that thing up, it was in yin 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 And that's the way this guy, and he believed that the more he used the name of Jesus, the more God would hear him. So almost treating the name of Jesus like it's a mantra or some type of magical cantation, that's not what Jesus is saying. What does it mean to pray in the name of Jesus? So I'm going to use an illustration. I'll use an illustration here to you. If you went to the bank, okay, whatever, TD Ameritrade, Bank of America, and um, you had a check made out for a billion dollars, and you signed your name to it. If I did that, if I went to Bank of America tomorrow and I had a check and I signed it, billion dollars. I'm not getting a billion dollars. I don't have a billion dollars. I don't have a billion dollars in my bank account. 
right? I don't. I, I, I could never cover the check. But if I had a check that was given to me for a billion dollars and it was signed by Elon Musk, the richest man in the world, he's worth a trillion dollars or something. Uh, I mean, after it was, you know, sought out and researched, I would get my billion dollars. So when we are praying, when we are praying to God, and we come to God in our own name, I'm bankrupt. I'm bankrupt. On my own, I have no credit with God. He said, well, he's a pastor. He's been doing this for 40 years. I have no, I have no credit with God. I'm, I'm bankrupt. I'm unworthy. And I can't come to God and ask or, you know, request, you know, from anything from God in my own name. But if I come to the Father in the name of the Son, and He signs the check, right? It's in His account. Because His account is unlimited. His account is limitless. His account is infinite. And when we, we come to God, right, in the name of Jesus, right, he is the doorway. He is the way. He is the gate, right? And he is essentially the way we can enter into the very throne room of God to receive the things that we request, to receive the things that we need. So it's in Jesus' name that we come to God and pray because it, it, our names, we again... My name is bankrupt. I, I am bankrupt. But there is incredible power of prayer when we pray the prayer of power in the name of Jesus. With me? Okay, number three. We pray in God's will. So in 1 John chapter 5, 14 through 15, now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. So key thing, how do we know the will of God? And there, there are essentially, I'll give you just two key things that I think we need to be engaged in consistently to really know the will of God, and that is the word in prayer. We, we need, you know, we need to know the Word of God. And we need to be prayerful in the Word of God. So the, the, the superficial, shallow person uh, who is ever claiming that, that this or that, right, is God's will, and you hear this from people, you hear this from people in the church, this is superficial faith. I had a woman one time come to me, it was here in the church, but I was going to her chiropractor, who I knew, he was a man who was married with a family, and she came here one day and said, God told me that he is going to be my husband. And I said, he is married. He's got kids. She said, no, he's going to leave his kids, and he is going to marry. By the way, he, when I, you know, I shared with him, this woman, you just got an infatuation. This is a fatal attraction. That never happened. But that is somebody who is obviously has a very shallow faith, if there's any faith at all, and she's very uh, deluded. So, uh, you know, key, key thing, we, we need to, when we pray, we need 
to be in the will of God, and our prayers need to be according to the will of God. Now, when I got saved, I told you this story, I, I experienced a, a, a serious injury that pretty much ended my you know, weightlifting, bodybuilding careers. And I was praying, and I was praying for probably about you know, three or four months, asking God to heal me, give me the strength of Samson so that I can go out and be a champion and that I would bring glory to God. But that was not God's will. Right? His will was not that I would build my body, but that I would build his body. And again, with all the praying that I was doing, it was just simply not according to his will. Going through preparing for the ministry. We are going and preaching in a church in Long Island. Church needs a pastor. And I'm starting to think this thing could be, you know, God's will. And, you know, this might be the church that God is going to call me to to pastor. And I began to pray. And I began to pray really hard. And pray with, with passion. Pray with intensity that, Lord, I, I, I want to be the pastor of this church. Let them call me to be the pastor of the church. And I prayed and prayed and prayed, and they called somebody else. That was not God's will. This is God's, was God's will for me. Thank the Lord for his providence, right? Providence is, is, is provision. He sees before, and he arranges things before. That this is what he was arranging, and not that, I would have went into that church. It was a church that was filled with elderly people. I would have blown them out, and I would have probably been fired after about three months, and that would have been the end of my ministry. But it wasn't God's plan. So, again, when we, when we pray, we need to be praying according to the will of God. When you pray according to the will of God, what you're going to, again, what you're going to experience, you're going to experience power of prayer, and you're going to be praying the prayer of power. Number four, we need to pray in obedience. In 1 John chapter 3, 22 through 23, and whatever we ask or receive from him because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. So if you go to someone, you need a favor from someone, you need to borrow something from someone, and you're not, you're not in a good relationship with them. Maybe, maybe you have been ignoring them. Maybe you have not been bothering with them. Uh, maybe you have done something to right, cause a problem in your relationship with them. Is it the right time to go to them and ask them for a favor? Is it the right time to go to them and say, I, I need something from you? No. What do you need to do? Yeah, you need to reconcile. You need to, you need to fix the relationship. So that's a, a, a key thing. We need to make sure that we're right with God before we go and start asking for things, expecting Him to give them to us. You know, when I, when I pray each morning, I always start off my prayer time with praise, glorifying God. That always enlarges my faith. I exalt him. I literally, you know, read the Psalms and then, you know, write out a Psalm every day and I glorify God, right? I praise you, O Lord, my King, because you are the maker of everything. And every good gift, Lord, comes from your hand, right? And I will begin praising him. Then I confess and I'll look at myself and look, look at my life and maybe some things. Sometimes there are not, you know, always things that I'm, I'm incredibly evident, you know, and aware of. But 
there are hidden things. You know, in the Psalm, Psalm 119, David said, forgive my willful sins and my hidden faults. Now, sometimes I'm blind to a lot of things that I've done during the day, previous day. So I'll ask for God's forgiveness, and I want to get myself in a place, right, where I am right with God. I'm lining up with God. I'm in tune with God. Then I can come and I can begin to call upon the Lord and ask Him for what, you know, for what I need. Uh, the key thing, right, if you're out of harmony with God, and that happens to us all, we need to come and we need to confess, right? Look at, look at um, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. It's funny, I, I had somebody, <laughs> I'm mistaken, somebody sent me a, an email, and I, I did a lot of research, but this teacher that they were um, asking me about said, you don't ever need to confess your sins, so, you know, right, you're forgiven, and we believe this, that Jesus forgave us based upon what he did on the cross, but he still said that we are to come and to confess our sins. First John chapter 1, 9, um, Jesus in the Lord's Prayer, right, that we are to confess. So in, in uh, 1 John chapter 1, I'm sorry, it's, it's, I have here verse 8 and 9, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us, and if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What, what confession and repentance, what they do, right, is they clean the pipe and the pipeline to God. And when we are not confessing our sins and repenting from them, our pipeline to God becomes corroded. And we don't have that clear connection with God. When we, when we are, are continuously, right, we are repenting, and repentance is a way of life, and confessing to the Lord then the pipeline stays clear. And that's, again, that's where we will really be living in the power of prayer and then be able to pray with power. But that, again, that comes, that comes through obedience. That comes through confession. That comes from making sure that our relationship with God is right. I'll tell you, just, I'll tell you this story. I've used this. So when we lived around the corner here on Depew Street, we went away on vacation for a couple weeks, and when I got back, the grass had grown up to my knees, and I got my lawnmower out, and I started to cut the, uh, the lawn, and my lawnmower broke. And this is like late Saturday afternoon, and there ain't no way I'm going to be able to get it fixed, right, for a few days. So I went next door to my neighbor to ask him if I could borrow his lawnmower to cut the remaining part of the lawn, and he had this little yappy annoying dog and it was a really like you'd walk around that dog would like chase you and nibble on your ankles and I'm standing in the walkway and that dog came running at me and started like grabbing onto my my sock and I just kind of went and uh, I didn't kick the dog I've kicked other dogs but I didn't kick the dog I just like flipped the dog but the dog weighed, you know, I don't know, seven pounds. So when I flipped him, he flipped. And I look up, and who's standing at the door? The guy I'm going to ask to borrow his lawnmower. Was that the right time? I sucked it up, got the lawnmower fixed a week later when the grass was up to my hips by that time. It's just, you know, you've you got to make sure you're right with God when you come to Him in prayer. If there are things that you're doing, if there's things that you're neglecting, if you're ignoring Him, a lot of people, the only time they come to God is when they need something. 
That's not, that's, not, that's not the relationship you want to have with God. God wants to have a rich, intimate relation. He wants to be your father and your friend. Uh, number five, pray in faith. So 1 John chapter 3, 24, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you have received them and you will have them. So I want to use this illustration to you. A person prays to be saved. Pray, Jesus, save me. Save me from hell. Save me from my sins. I don't want to be condemned. I want to receive your forgiveness. I want to know that I have the gift of eternal life. I don't want to be under the dominion, the control of the devil. I want to be you know, living for you. They pray the prayer, but they don't believe that he can save them. Will he save them? No. Right? A prayer can't save you, right? It's what's in your heart. And if you're going to pray and it's in harmony with, with true faith, then salvation will come. So, again, the picture here is you, you have to believe and have to be operating in faith to receive what you're asking for in prayer. So, I think a lot of times when you're asking God, do you really believe he's going to give it to you? Now, if you're asking in the name of Jesus, and you're asking in relationship with him, right? You're asking with, you know, according to his will, and, you know, your heart is in the right place, you're in a place of, of, of obedience with him, right? When you're asking, you should be expecting to receive what God, right, is promised. But if you're in a place where you don't, you know, you're just, you're just praying, you're praying, but you don't really, you know, believe God is going to do it, he's not. When Jesus went to Nazareth, his hometown, and it tells us in the scriptures he couldn't um, do more than just a handful of miracles there. Now, he's healing everybody. He's healing everybody in the Galilee. And, and not only in the Galilee, but they're bringing, they're bringing people from the north, you know, from the north. They're bringing people from the south. And uh, they're bringing people from the east. They're all coming, coming, not from the west because of the Mediterranean, but they're coming from Tyre. They're coming from the Decapolis. They're coming from Syria. He's healing everybody. But he goes to his own hometown. He could only do a few miracles. Why? Because they didn't believe. And he said, he was amazed. It's funny. He said, twice he was amazed. He was amazed at the lack of faith of the people in his hometown. Where was the other time he was amazed? Centurion. He was amazed at the faith of a centurion, a Gentile, Roman soldier. But he, could, he, couldn't, he couldn't heal because, again, the faith wasn't there for him to heal. And he said, in, Paul, in, in Paul's ministry in the book of Acts, you see at times, and there's one instance where he's looking at this guy, and Paul, it says in the scriptures, and Paul saw that he had faith to be healed. The man had faith to be healed. And then Paul was able through the Holy Spirit to work the miracle and heal him. So that's just, that's key. Number six, pray in persistence. Pray in persistence. Now I'm going to use the, uh, the story of the persistent widow in Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. And then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart, saying, 
there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, Get justice for me for my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterwards he said to himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she will wear me out. So she's just, she's, she is absolutely persistent. She's just knocking, right? She's knocking on that door. She's pleading. She's begging. She's, she's driving him crazy. By the way, it's important to understand, this is a parable, and Jesus is not saying that this is what the Father is like. The Father is more willing to give to us than we're willing to ask. But we need to come to him with persistence. So uh, it goes on. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. And shall not God avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that, that he will avenge them speedily. Notice, see what he's saying? God will do it speedily. The unjust judge did not do it speedily. God, God is, again, he's more willing to give to us than we are willing to, to truly receive. It says, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? But this is a woman who, again, she is operating in a true faith, that is persistent. You, know, you keep asking. Right? You keep seeking. You keep knocking. What, why, why does God do that with us? What? Say it, Dante. Yeah, it, it grows our faith. It also tests our faith. Because, it, you know, how many of you sometimes you ask for things? And I say it's like, it's like frivolous asking. I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. And then two days later, you don't want it. Right? You're asking for all sorts of things that, that a week later don't matter. When you, when you have something that, that is burning in your heart and you continue to bring it before God, I mean, it, it, God is seeing that this is, this is something that you, his child, genuinely and passionately want. And I think it's, tr it, it, it's truly a test. I can think of things that, I'll tell you, this church, this church is, is an example of, pers I'll just say, not to mention other people, but their persistent, intense, passionate prayer that, I, that was burning in my heart, and I was praying to God, praying without ceasing. I'm in the fitness business, right? And God has called me to, to plant a church. And even before we even had the first meeting with just a handful of people, and then we were meeting with, you know, with but, you know, but a few people, God, you know, just put it in my heart that, hey, Lord, answer this prayer. Gather people. Bring people to us. Draw people from, I just pray, bring people from the north, south, east, and west. A people who truly want to worship you. People who really want to be your disciples. People who want to live for you and glorify you. I didn't, I, I didn't pray for a church just filled with people. But, you know, a church filled with disciples. And I would passionately pray, you know, pray that prayer. And then as, as people started to go, come, I, you know, prayed that that group would grow. And then I prayed that we would have a building, and, and it was a building, and a building, and a building, until, you know, God brought us, you know, into this place. But, you know, just, it's, it was persistent. And, and I'll tell you, it was just so intense, more intense than anything that I have prayed for. More intense than anything I have prayed for in, in my life was the praying, and, and it goes on to be the praying for this church. 
So persistence, persistence in prayer. You know, ask, seek, and knock. And the Lord said the door, you know, would be open to you. So I think that, you know, that's key. So those are, those are the, the six principles, okay, of, of prayer. And again, I, I encourage you with this message. My purpose is that you would begin to incorporate those principles into your prayer life. Prayer becomes, a, again, a wonderful adventure. When the power of prayer, right, is prayed, then we begin to really pray with power. And it's, it's a great thing. I want to just, just encourage you with this. So I was saying to you, when I pray adoration, uh, confession, thanksgiving, and then I go in to um, supplication, and that is where I begin to pray. David, let's think of prayers for you in these, uh, in these last you know, weeks. So I really begin to, to intercede. I pray for my family. I pray for the, the church, the people, the ministry. Um, I just pray for some, you know, some personal things. I don't pray a whole lot about personal things, but pray for the world, pray for the peace of Israel, the peace of the, you know, of Ukraine. I pray for this country, that this country would have every day, I plead with God, bring a revival to this country. Bring a revival, bring renewal, bring righteousness to our, you know, to our nation. The Thanksgiving part of prayer, when I give thanks, okay, it's again, it's Acts, Confession, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving has helped to greatly enlarge my faith. It was interesting because before I started to write down my prayers of thanksgiving, I didn't fully realize how God was answering my prayers all the time. And all of a sudden I'm looking because I'm, I'm, I'm saying, right, I'm, I'm thanking the Lord. I thank the Lord for um, relational blessings, material blessings, spiritual blessings. And then I put down AP for answered prayer. And all of a sudden, I'm thanking the Lord for answered prayers, healings, salvations. I mean, financial blessings, blessings in the ministry, blessings in our life. And as I'm giving thanks, um, you know, all of a sudden, as I'm doing this, this has been many years that I started this, my faith is just going, my faith is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And my faith in God, but also my faith in prayer, that there is real power in prayer, and um, it's just a you know just a great blessing. So you got to you got to incorporate some thanksgiving, so you become aware of what God is doing. You'll be surprised how many prayers God is sometimes you know just amazing. He's answering prayers day by day, and it's a blessing. So power in prayer, and then pray with power, incorporating. This is this is God's, again, these are the principles he's given us in Scripture. Maybe there are others, but I found these principles, and they are, you know, the principles that I utilize when I am asking and petitioning God, okay? Uh, I think it will enrich your prayer life. You're in a special night. To hear this message tonight and to incorporate this, it will change your life. It's going to change your life. Some amazing, you know, some amazing ways. So, Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord God, for your word. I thank you, Jesus, you are, Lord, our teacher. You teach us through the Holy Spirit. And, Lord God, your teaching and the principles that you give to us, Lord God, about, about prayer, about life, Lord, about living, Lord God, they're wonderful. And, Lord God, we build our house upon them. And that, Lord God, it becomes a house that is impregnable, Lord God. It's impenetrable. It's unconquerable, Lord God, undefeatable. 
And Lord God, I, I thank you for that. I just pray, Lord God, just press, Lord God, your truth upon the hearts of all here tonight and that your blessing be upon all. In the name of Jesus, amen.